What up, what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales podcast where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I am your host, Jose Morales, and we are at my boxing academy. Joining me in the ring today is my brother, Ruben Ambriz. Say what's up, Ruben. Hey, que paso, carnal? Yeah. How you doing, man? So, Ruben and I, uh, actually, our families go way, way, way back. Yeah. So, we're literally like brothers, cousins, but we're not blood-related at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, my mother... And let me give you guys a quick little summary we're going to talk about today. The, this subject, before I get into our history and who we are, what we're going to talk about is we're going to be we're going to be talking about being raised by a single mother. And uh, both of us were raised by single mothers. Um, both of us did not and know single grandma and single grandma. Yeah. Uh, both of our our us don't know our fathers. Uh, so it was it was different. And I decided uh, what best person to talk about it than somebody that lived it with me. And that is so familiar with my story, and I'm so familiar with his story, and we have so much in common. Uh, Ruben actually trains here at the gym with his wife. They both been coming here. How long you guys been coming up? Probably about a year and a half. Easily. How you feel training here and everything? How's how's it for you? What do you like? I feel good, man. It's improving my fitness game, and I really appreciate the health because I need that. I'm gonna be pushing 40 soon, and. He don't look no whenever, funny. Whenever my daughter is going to graduate, uh, I'm going to be pushing 50. So <laughs> this this keeps, so, you know. The, and then the crazy thing about going. Ruben, Ruben is a mover. He moves people for a living. I do. And I and I always talk about this. I said it in the past podcast. I'm going to say it again. You got to find your passion and what you do in order to do it and be successful at it. And I can honestly say this guy here is a mover. He talks about moving when you're if you ever go or if he ever moves anything for you or ever or any or does anything like that ever for you if you ever hire him for a job the detail he takes to every job to move in a a couch or a table or anything is crazy the scientific and methods he does to it or the way he grabs everything it's crazy like you could tell my man here knows what he's doing bro and uh no and effort I, and i and i Highly recommend him if you ever need to hire a mover right here. And his and his slogan is catchy, man. Smooth move in, Ruben. And his man. name is Ruben. Smooth yeah. move in, Ruben. Yeah, that, that sounds tight, bro. And I, I thank that. you, man. I appreciate that. So, so let me give you a little history. No, it's dope, bro. It's dope. <laughs> and I think you're good at it. I'll, I've always told you about it. Oh, man, I always tell you that. Yeah, you do. Uh, thank you. So, the history beside behind us is him, his mother. And my mother were actually best friends growing up. And this happened in Mexico. They grew up together. His grandma actually took my mom in. So my mom left Michoacan and went to Jalisco where Mama Concha was. His grandma was there and took took her, uh, my mom in and really kind of guided her because my mom really had nobody there. My mom moved to Guadalajara alone as a teen. She left Mexico uh, she left Michoacan, which is another state. Imagine moving from Nevada to L.A. as a 12-year-old girl. That's scary, bro. With nobody around you. That's what my mom did. And my mom went and got uh, she got taken in by her, his grandma, Mama Concha, and that's where she they were together with his mom. And my mom always speaks very highly of her. My mom always tells me, 
you know, how much she loves them and how thankful she is for them because she literally gave her something a home when she had nothing. So yeah, that's why to me, Ruben and their family is my family and I love them to death and I will always be there for them. And that, and this is why it's important for me to talk about this with them is because, you know, we lived mm -hmm. it together. And besides that, another thing, a funny fact about us, our sisters hated each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so our sisters going up had funk. They fought each other at, they literally like. Quinceañeras. Yeah, they literally fought each High other. School. They hated each other. Yeah, they had funk. Functions. They did not like each other. Yeah. Uh, now they're all silver, I guess. They see each other, they ignore each other. But it, that was a funny part of it, how they did not like each other. And I, we would always talk smack, like, hey, my sister fought your sister. Uh, yeah, but I think a lot of the women in our family were just down to fight, period. <laughs> I know. Hey, yeah. our women are feisty, bro. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, now let's get into the subject, which, which is talking about being raised by a single mother. Uh, before we get into the details and how our childhood was and all that, I want to give you uh, a chance to talk about when your mother and father separated, how that happened, and I'll, get, and I'll go into me. How, how old were you when they they separated? Were they separated before you were born, or how'd that go? Mm, my understanding is that they separated somewhere along the lines when I turned two. Two. And um, it, it was kind of funny because my mom decided to come to the States, and the my dad at the time, he decided to just kick it over in Mexico for a little bit, but then he chased her over here. But then my mom didn't want nothing to do with him because she had funk with his mom and his and their family because she had my sister. Oh, okay, so okay, it, okay. it was kind of like they a... Didn't you, want her, they didn't want him to be with her. Yeah. Yeah, they thought she, you know, had already a child and it, it just wasn't going to be fit for her. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I can kind of see that. Yeah. My my story was kind of similar. Um, my mother also had a, a, a daughter, my sister. She was seven years. She was seven years old when I was born and she was dating my dad. And but it was different as aspect that as far as that, like they didn't want her them to be together with my mom and dad. Uh, my dad, my I was actually going to be named after my dad everything they were together it was like perfect couple you know getting ready to have their kid and then my mom found out he was a player that he had Damn. all these girls and when that happened my mom lost her shit she was like yeah i'm not naming you after him i don't want no piece of i don't want you to be around him or nothing and she i was born in guadalajara and that's when she took off she ran away to michoacan because yeah. my dad had no ties to Michoacan. He's from Jalisco. That's cool, and man. Power to her for yeah. not being a side piece. Yeah, and so she left. And that was a story that she told me. And throughout the years, it changed little by little bit more and more. I honestly, growing up as a kid, hated my dad. I couldn't stand that motherfucker. I, I had so much hate towards him because- Even I, though you didn't know him or- Yeah, I didn't even know him. I, didn't, I never mm. met him, never anything. Yeah. But just knowing the fact that how much he hurt my mom and seeing my mom like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, I hated him, bro. I couldn't stand him, even though I didn't know him. I, didn't, I was like, I never want to meet him. I never want to talk to him. I never wanted anything that has to do with him. And I was happy I didn't have his last name. That's how I felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
How was your childhood over here? Because you were born, where were you born? I was born in San Diego. Well, not San Diego quite. Oceanside is okay. known as, but really close to San Diego. And then right after I was born, I went to Mexico. Grew up the first four or five years. And then I came back here. Mm. So as soon as I got here, I was a foreigner. And I knew no language, no body. Uh, the only Spanish I knew was my grandma's, which was the illiterate kind and yeah. the type that you only know in dialect that's near that side of the hood, which was yeah, Michoacan yeah, yeah. and uh, all those small ranchos and yeah, Turicatos and all that. But um, yeah, man, that's. Did you the see time your mom in. a lot growing up? Did you see her a lot? How was that? You know what? Th there's a big chunk of my memory that's missing. And she's not in it, man. Um, How come? It's because, she was and I think it's because of those first five years. She came out here trying to fix the paperwork and working and getting that citizenship. But in the meantime, although I have these really vague memories of my dad and, and just very short images of, of him, same with my mom in the first five years. And... Um, it was mostly my godfather and my godmother who raised me and, and my grandma for the first five years. Yeah, same. But, but then after that, it, we came out here and then, okay, I knew she was my mom. But then there was no male role model. There was only maybe like one or two uncles that I barely saw. And it was just my grandma, which was kind of like a military father. Yeah. Maconcha. And my mom, who was, in a sense, also really strong and dominant type because she was constantly in the field working and bringing home, you know, all, all the things we needed to survive yep. to, to, for shelter, for food, exactly. for That is for exactly why clothing. I wanted you here because we have the same. And all that, man. Same. Yeah. yeah. I, in my story, I never growing up really hardly ever saw my mom my mom at one point worked three jobs three jobs she worked literally all day she worked graveyard at denny's she had breakfast spot that she worked um and she worked that night at chevy so she literally was gone all day and and she did that because she had nobody to really she was mom and dad you know what i mean she had to make yeah. sure she made ends meet but seeing that i mean made me love her and appreciate her so much more and she showed me because you lead by example so she, when she told me you work hard you do this in life you do that i saw my mom doing it you know what mm -hmm. i mean that was something i saw so it was already engraved in me when i started working yeah that being gone all day and having two jobs and three jobs that's normal my mom did it i saw it so but yeah it was the same for me i I, w I, I never really saw her. There was times that I remember in my childhood getting dropped off at like different family members, cousins, aunts, uncles. And there, there was always, there's multiple times where I felt that I was that kid, they didn't want their kid around. Like I've heard people say, I don't think this going like, oh, stay away from him. Like yeah. don't play with that kid, that kid. I've heard people say that. I've had mem family members, family members tell me, oh, uh, you're no good or you're this and that like i've had like older people tell me that and i always felt like i didn't belong like you know what i mean like yeah. i 
they didn't want me there or or just everything like I was in, almost in a way like I was in the way of something when I went to other people's houses because I was at like family members houses but it wasn't my house you know what I mean I was mm -hmm. staying there I was staying the night there I was there all day I was kind of in the way and wow. and if we were at my house when my sister got a little older when she was about 12 she was with me and she was raising me we I couldn't stand my sister she hated me I was an annoying little kid so I feel her, but those scars on my head are from her. She beat the crap out of me, Damn. for real. And but it was because I think about it now. She, she's twelve years old. What kind of twelve year old wants to raise or, or take care of a five year old, especially an annoying ADD uh, <laughs> five year old? You know yeah. what I mean? And but that's the kind of situation we were put in because my mom was at work. She couldn't afford no child. She couldn't afford childcare, nothing like that. So who's watching the kid? Her oldest daughter is watching me, and we fought. A lot to the point where I hated my sister. I couldn't stand her. That's what my childhood was like. Yeah, yeah. I feel I'm not. You, I'm gonna try not to talk about it too much because I get sentimental talking about it. But it was rough because to that point where I just didn't like. Uh, it was in no, you know what I mean, video games and this and that. I didn't have that shit. Yeah. Um, how was it for you? You know what I mean, growing up. Well, what, what was that for you? One of my biggest observations as I was growing up was that uh, there was that disconnect of people not wanting you especially because uh, I, I don't know we we have a hard time clicking with foreigners even nowadays I, I can be more compassionate towards them but when you don't know how to talk the language and when you don't have a culture to match especially because you have on one side oh you think you're an american boy with papers and this you know yeah. you have the mexican side hating on yeah. you so, yeah, so, you're never so too you, good enough for anybody. Yeah, so you're never you, Mexican enough. You're never white enough. You're never. So I struggled a lot with that balance. You know, I'm trying to f find my my niche and things. I'm like, oh, okay, it's cool. You know, I got papers. They keep talking about how I have papers and I can do something out yeah. here. And, and that's a really beautiful thing because I know my mom <laughs> fought really hard for that. But then, at the same time, there was a big part of the Mexican community that just wasn't with that. They were like hating and they were mm -hmm. they were looking at you like you think you're better than them or something <laughs> when in reality you're looking at them for examples and and to see what to do out here in this country but anyways there was that side and then there was the side of the american culture i had a hard time talking the the american or excuse me the english language and you could never really click with people when you can't communicate you know i have a little girl who's has asl and and as her first native language but even with her I, i'm feeling what must have felt you for me you know yeah. with the whole language barrier so so when that connection ain't there for a a, a young mind man it, it things get really weird and all you can really do is just observe and, and just try to learn out of examples even though the examples are kind of messed up yeah but you can still take a lot from them you know you can turn yeah, them into yeah. lessons that's true how were your feelings growing up for your dad oh they were How they were they? shitty they, they were they weren't good did you like him hate him dislike him i hate him how was it for they, you? there was times that i hated him and then there was times where i was trying to understand like what what is a dad yeah so because i was trying to understand them after a while you know you you kind of start looking at kids around you you're like hey you know what's that like what's, yeah I feel well, you. how come that's not around on this side of yeah, i had i had a situation like that i like me myself me growing up i hated my dad i told you that i hated him 
Yeah. I never once thought about, oh, I want to have a dad or I wonder what that's like because I never really knew what it was mm -hmm. until one time. And I remember this day very clearly. I was getting ready to spar and the dude that I was going to spar walks in, the kid that I was going to spar. Cause I was, I was probably like, I was a teenager. I was like 15, 16. The kid I was going to spar walks in and when he walks in, he walks in with his dad. Dad is holding his bag. When he's warming up, his dad is rolling up his wraps. His dad is there to give him water. His dad is there for everything. And that right there and then, bro, that was the first time in my life that I realized, damn, that's what a dad is supposed to do. Dad is supposed to be there for you, give you water, hold your bag. And that's the first time that I kind of felt like, damn, I wish I had a dad. I mm -hmm. never in my life felt that way until that day where it finally kind of hit me where I was like, damn, I sh this is what it's like. And I remember I was sad as fuck, bro. I was sad the whole day. I was like, damn, it even hit me. I don't even think I sparred good that day. <laughs> but it hits you. Damn. But yeah. but yeah, it was a similar situation. Like how you say, when you start seeing things like, oh, what is that like? What is that like? When it was foreign to you, we never seen it. And you never knew what it was. And then you finally see it. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Especially because out here in America, bro, that, that's kind of a standard thing mm -hmm. with uh, the American culture. Yeah. Is that you're supposed to have a father and exactly. the father's yeah. supposed to raise a kid. Yeah. It, but if you're coming from just trying to survive, most of these people that are just trying to survive go through the same thing and, and come from these broken families. Yep. And and that's really probably the main reason why. And it affects a lot of people, man. This is a lot of things are, where you a lot of people and I tell I'm one thing, if you if you catching on, you're hearing this. There's a lot of adversities that we're facing. Everyone faces everything. Like, I, I me having vitiligo, me this, me that. Same thing with you, you this, you that. Everyone has a story. The problem, the thing that you got to find out and come to the conclusion is, what are you gonna do with your story? Whatever happens that comes across you, are you gonna let it stop you? And are you gonna let that be the reason to make yourself feel bad for yourself to not do shit with your life? Like a lot of people use being, oh, I never had a dad, I never had a dad, I never had this, as a reason to fuck up their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, it's okay to fuck up my life because I didn't have this, I didn't have that, I didn't have money, I didn't have this. And that's the reason to let themselves feel okay with not doing shit with their life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people yeah. do that. And then at the end of the day, you can't. I mean, you use that and, and you should use it as fuel to keep you moving and push you and motivate you to accomplish more in life but don't yeah. let it stop you from not doing nothing in life you know absolutely what I mean? um now that we're both fathers do you think it motivated you or do you think it helped you become a father not having a father yeah 100 percent, man because um one of the things i realized after noticing that i wasn't the only one with uh i guess daddy issues yeah was that everybody has them everybody has some type of you know problem with their family their mother their dad it, it's it, people act like everything's all good in the hood but no everybody's going through some type of problem and and a lot of them start at home so when i realized that i wasn't alone in this and that everybody really is going through some type of familial struggle then I said, okay, well, if I went through that, then, you know, why not just take whatever lessons I've got from that experience and apply it onto my life? And 
sure enough, now I can raise my daughter in the direction of what a father is. Yep. I feel the same way. Yep. I I definitely, definitely, definitely helped me become a better father because I knew exactly what I did not want to do. I was like, hell no. I'm going to be there at all his sports events. I'm going to be holding that bag for him when he goes in the gym. And I I was like, I'm going to be all about it. So it definitely helped me. Another thing is, I always wonder, do you think it's worse to have a dad that's physically there but not there for you or a dad that's just not there in general? Yeah, man, that was going to be my next point. What do you think? It's it's kind of subjective because sometimes people go through these hard times and then when they get through them and, and, and they improve their lives because of it, then they're like, you know, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be this and I wouldn't have you know, I wouldn't have had a positive outcome. But the thing is, maybe I wasn't supposed to have a dad. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe what if he was like a drunkard? Yep. Or what if he would abuse my Beat mom or, or, or me or yeah. you never know. Uh, uh, nope. my step uh, siblings, all that. So in the end, it, it goes back to perception and it's subjective. It's what you make of it. Yeah. But uh, they could both be good, man. They could, You could be a great father and 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 have a good outcome uh, of your kids or you can so at the end of the day it is, what, it is what it, you make it out to be it yeah could be bad if you wanted to be bad it could be good if you wanted to be good yeah yeah Some, good somehow person. somehow the universe lets you be like okay even though you fucked up you can still get some good out of it yep that's you true know, so i agree with you 100 percent. i think i would say the exact same thing i think they're both bad being there physically but not there uh, and or not being there in general, they're both gonna be bad. They're both gonna mess you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could even have a great dad and still be messed up. But at the end of the day, whatever situation you're in, it's gonna be whatever you decided to be, whatever is gonna be on your heart. And if you're gonna let it stop you or make you, so that's yeah, good. Man. I like that you said that. That's that's uh, epigenetics, by the way. Mm-hmm. So check that out. When so I'm gonna bring this up because it, it changed for me. Once you became a father. Did it change the way you saw your father for you? Mm, yeah, for sure. It did? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, not that I saw him physically because the dude's dead. But it made me just have more compassion towards him? a human being. Yeah. Really because if he came up from... The thing is, I know how to mess up and I know how to really just, if I wanted to, fail at life. I... I you know what I mean? I, I can literally throw my life away if I wanted to. So if if you can understand that and, and people who are in a struggle of, you know, a, a mental depression or whatever, you know, they're going through their struggle. They're, they're going through whatever they got to go through. I, I can have compassion towards those kind of people because, I mean, nowadays I can. Before, I, I wouldn't understand, you know, you'd, you'd probably want to. Like you, I was I was mad for the longest time during my teenage years, especially when my hormones are all crazy, and I, I wanted him to suffer and to pay for what he did. But nowadays, it, uh, I'm so past that that all I can do is say rest in peace, man. And yeah. I'm I'm on this planet because he put a piece of the puzzle. So yeah. that's true. Yeah, I definitely, for me too, it changed. Um, I hated him growing up. I had this hate towards him, just like you did. Uh, but once I became a father and and I I started seeing things different, I started 
feeling in a way. I was like, well, I don't really know his side of the story. I heard my mom's side of the story, like yeah. she loved because he was yeah. playing him. But I was like, we never know his side. You know what I mean? I started kind of like, okay, wonder what his side of the story is. That's crucial, then, man. Yeah, and then I started feeling bad in a way, and uh, that's when I was like curious about who he is and who he was and all mm -hmm. that because I never had that curiosity until my kids were born. So yeah. yeah. Um, Anything else you want to say about this situation? Anything you want to mention? If there was one thing you could say to somebody listening that is struggling with this, they're feeling like their mom or dad are not there for them, or they feel alone, or they, they're starting to feel sorry for themselves, what would be your tip of advice or your, or your, what would you tell them? Well, I mean, how would you motivate them? What would you tell these kids? Well, these kids nowadays, First of all, they're really lucky to live in a time of information and the internet. There's always going to be disinformation or false information, whatever. But it's up to you to look to other people who have succeeded in in whatever situation that might be similar to yours. If If there's somebody who you look up to that is, you know, a special athlete or... Uh, I don't know, a philanthropist, a celebrity, a comedian, whatever it is you like, whatever field you're into. If any of them went through the same thing, start with their story. L look into how they were able to improve their life, you know, and, and then go deeper. Look at how many people were able to survive and, and live a, a very pleasant life because e even though they didn't have that family tightness that everybody thinks that everybody has so yeah. so start there man just keep looking keep looking into it keep learning about it and and you'll see that there's a lot of people that have family struggles that have no moms or no dads or or just that, that were abandoned but somehow they're successful yeah. those stories are out there and, and those are the only stories you should be paying attention to yeah, because all the other all the rest is kind of bullshit yep. you know so that's why it's important to check your perception every yeah. now and then because well, you, you're not the only one yeah thank you for uh coming on here and sharing this uh this is a you know not so many people want to share this so thank you for coming on yeah man uh, another absolutely thing i want to share that i haven't shared with you guys a funny a fun fact about us that's how I know this guy's my brother. On my on his birthday, we went out on his birthday, <laughs> and that's the day I met my wife. A year later. Yes, sir. It was a year later, huh? A year later. We went out on we, your birthday. We went out on my birthday. And that's the night I met my wife. And that's the day he met his wife. Yeah. Yep. And also, the the births of our first child were very similar. Yeah. The Saturday, they were both born on a Sunday. The Saturday they were uh, the Saturday uh, day before the sat the night before their birth, we were at each other's houses watching fights both times. Yeah, and the and yeah. the and the pregnancy was almost identical, and the birth was almost identical. Crazy. Yeah, man, it's crazy, yeah. huh? Uh, yeah, but the the birth, man. That's so crazy. They went another thing it. I want to bring up this is completely off subject, but Carlos was on here and he told me you were scared when you went to Ciudad Juarez with him. How was that like? I mean, I, I don't know if I was scared. It was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was very strange seeing people 
like soldiers just strapped up walking on, around yeah everywhere. on every corner just like oh shit yeah like, you're at hell? war baby you're at war yeah like what, what's going on yeah, i mean i feel it, it it's it's whatever it's, no it's true but, but uh I, I wouldn't call it scary i would just call it on edge because you're also looking behind you like you know what i mean yeah you're, yeah no, you're gonna you you're gonna uh, attack thing, whatever you and got the way to, i so. want to end this with is i want to say thank you to our moms i'll let you say your mom's name and you say thank you to your mom and then yeah. i'll say my mom okay Pues muchas gracias, Mama Catalina Chavez Moreno, for just bringing me on this planet because uh, it's got a lot of beautiful things. And yeah. because of you, I'm here. So I got to say thank you to you and and your mom, Ma Concha, yeah, also, also raised me. Yep. And uh, just say thank you to her, too, because she raised my mama damn near. You know, so they, they, they enlighten me out of a lot mama. of things. So, Latina Morales, thank you for uh, all your hard work and, uh, it, and instilling that in me and showing me what hard work is and what life is supposed to be like and showing me everything there is to know about life. So, thank you, Mama. Thank Gracias, you Tia Inglantina. Uh, if you heard this, you listen to I'm very to this, proud of your son. Listening. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast if you got something from me or you want to say something to us send us a message um how can we get in contact with with uh smooth moving ruben if we want to get hired and we need some movers how do we get in contact with you call me or text me at 916-477-6000 okay yeah and it's me and it's basically a family-run business so cool support the little guy yep that's it thank you, you know. guys so much for listening and we out